you know, there's all these stories about, you know, guys over in Macedonia who are running these fake news sites. Number 24 is Content Farms in Macedonia. Vidite ako se napravi greška, tako ki bude kobna, nema vraćanja nazad. So, Europe need to to remain more Okay, now I am recording. <laughs> Been too long, I've forgotten all this. Okay, in three, two, one. Macedonian Prime Minister Dimitar Kovacevsky was recently in Washington, D.C. for a dog and pony show, a circus, in which he met with a lot of different bureaucrats, got a lot of pictures, and accomplished very little with the exception of a memorandum of understanding between the U.S. and Macedonia on how to fight, quote, misinformation and disinformation, unquote. You can bet what the U.S. means by that and what the Macedonian government will now do about that. Aside from all that, U.S. State Department Mandarin Gabriel Escobar was in quite a few of those meetings and in a Voice of America interview talked about how the U.S. and the Macedonian government are talking a lot about corruption in Macedonia, but from the looks of it, doing absolutely nothing. In that interview, Escobar said that he would not comment on most allegations, and ever since U.S. Ambassador Angela Aguilar started talking about corruption in blacklists late last year, the talk has continued, but, and we all know this to be true, the U.S. State Department will never do anything that would harm the ruling party, Dewey, and its junior party, Sidisa. We'll discuss all of this and more on this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. I'm Jason Miko, coming to you from the foot of the Catalina Mountains in Oro Valley, Arizona. And this is Tritin Shalemanov in Skopje, Macedonia. It is good to talk to you, Svetin, because it has been such a long time since we have done one of these. Yeah, too long, too long. It, yeah, it was early April, and, and this is, I think this is, at least the show notes say, that this is episode 156. Hard mm-hmm. to believe that. And we are recording this on Sunday, the 21st of May, one month till summer. Wow. Um, what is becoming a biannual uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we got to correct that. No, we, we yeah. will. Uh, we just both been busy, I know. So, um, all right. Yeah, I had well, some little work in the Donbass region. Now I'm free. <laughs> we, can, we can resume recording. <laughs> Excellent. Oh well, let's let's start with um, with uh, you know the the prime minister's trip to Washington, and mm-hmm. then there was the Escobar interview. Angela Aguilar did a. Um, interview with Mia, uh, there, was a, there was a Senate Foreign Relations Committee on, quote, the Western mm-hmm. Balkans, unquote. Um, and I think, you know, we all know the saying um, uh, about statistics, there's lies, damn lies, and statistics. But mm-hmm. if, we, if we look at everything that the U.S. government has been saying of late about Macedonia, in particular, it's lies, damn lies, in the U.S. State Department. And um, this whole misinformation and disinformation Basically, what that means, when Gabriel Escobar and Angela Aguilar and um, the Prime Minister of Macedonia and others start talking about misinformation and disinformation, what they mean is anything that you disagree with, uh, mm. that, that we disagree on. It, you know, if, if you have one position and we have another position and you are going with your position, that's because of misinformation and disinformation. And, and so much of this right now, of course, revolves around the issue of, of Bulgaria and the changes that... the Bulgarian government. By the way, the Bulgarian government, I, I, I remember to follow them every now and then or see what's going on there because their elections were April 2nd, well over a month and a half ago, and they still don't have a government, a functioning government. 
they've had five elections in two years, and from all looks of it, they're going to go to a, a sixth election sometime in the fall or summer. And yet, they still manage to find time <laughs> to mm. talk a lot about Macedonia and to tell Macedonia that it's got to make these changes to its constitution or it's not going anywhere. And it just, and then of course, and then to what I was just mentioning earlier and what is becoming a monologue here, uh, the U.S. government says, well. It's Russian disinformation and misinformation that is confusing the Macedonians, uh, mm -hmm. peasants that they are, uh, and uh, that's why they are uh, against these uh, the, the the changes that are, uh, need to be made. Although I did just see a, a poll conducted that no surprise that 72 percent of Macedonians are opposed to it of ethnic Macedonians. Are, are, yeah, uh, and of course the Albanians support it. So. Um, <clears throat> Let me stop there and let you, you say a few things. What, what say you? Yeah, so there is the, the big maybe news of the past month uh, and, or, uh, or so that we haven't had a podcast is that in, the, in practically in the last week, the, the U.S. government is openly now endorsing the Macedonian government uh, on two key issues. Uh, one is the deal with Bulgaria and the other is the Bechtel Highway contract in which we're paying mm. the U.S. one point, uh, this U.S. company, which is which has extensive ties to the State Department, uh, 1.3 billion uh, is the initial price, and this is before counting all the expropriation of land, which is going to be uh, enormously expensive, and so on. So. Uh, we had the prime minister go for a very long visit to Washington, where he only met uh, Blinken, the secretary of state, and members of Congress of the official visits. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, after he returned, and actually while he was there as well, we had uh, uh, Escobar come out with a very open, very heavy call for Vimera to vote for the Bulgarian uh, demands on the constitution to uh, have the Bulgarian uh, nation included in the preamble of the constitution. Uh, and then um, we had, uh, after Kovacevsky's return, we had Angela Aguilar, the ambassador to Skopje, uh, come out very strongly in support of the government on the Bechtel deal. So before that, the embassy would say we did not negotiate this deal. It's a private company. We don't know. Uh, there are. We have some concerns about they're focusing on a minor bit of the contract. Uh, who will do the oversight of the deal? It can become a huge deal if you have, if you're planning on stealing a lot of money and you control the company doing the oversight. Uh, but uh, it's still relatively minor with all the other problems this deal has. So Vimera has been uh, initially carefully because they know this is an American company, but then more extensively criticizing the deal and especially criticizing the deputy prime minister Artan Grubi from Dewey, who actually negotiated the deal. Uh, and uh, now Aguilar came out and uh, very strongly rebuked Vimera, said, this is nonsense, this is a very transparent deal, it's a great company, they're criticizing uh, from a position of lack of knowledge. So practically Vimera is now under complete attack by the US administration yet again. and the government is fully endorsed. On the other hand, we have some interesting movement in that the European Union has criticized the Bechtel deal. Oh, good. 
they said that um, also on a non-key issue, so the key issue is that this was a no-bid contract, uh, because it was a no-bid contract, we could not ask for any EU funding, but the government, which makes the price tag even huger than it, it, than it was negotiated between Gruby and the American company. Um, so they're not, the EU is not attacking uh, them on this fundamental issue, but on the auxiliary laws that Bechtel once changed in Macedonia, for which the government wanted to use a procedure meant for EU-related laws. The EU flag. But still it's, yeah. Right. But still it's criticism. Still it's notable that the EU is uh, standing up uh, to the government on this issue. Maybe they wanted the deal to go to a European company. Uh, <laughs> and then they... Uh, so basically the EU diplomats here become rich when uh, the EU funds a project and then they can divert it this way or the other. Well, the U.S. diplomats, uh, they do not give you money for infrastructure. They just insist that you uh, hire an American company for the deal. So this is the confrontation. But on the other hand, we had an EU official come to Macedonia, actually a German official, Manuel Saracin. He's their minister for, uh, or some deputy minister for EU affairs or something like that, who very uh, strongly endorsed the... Bulgarian demands, calling on Vimura to vote for the uh, Bulgarian uh, amendments to include mm -hmm. the Bulgarian nation in the preamble, warning us that the country will collapse essentially if we don't. He said, <laughs> you know, he said uh, there there is going to be a lot of uncertainty to put it mildly, uh, if you are raising such an issue of your EU integration, if you're prolonging your EU integration at a time when there is war in Europe. Mm. So it was very dark, very gloomy. So we have the EU and the US maybe kind of split on the uh, highway deal, but very united in demanding that Vemera caves on the, on the Bulgarian requests. So it's a lot of pressure. It yeah, the country it, at the moment. It, it, it's the same thing going back to the name issue. So a couple of things. Um, the uh, Angela Aguilar, the U.S. ambassador, did an interview, interview with Mia <clears throat> in which she said, and I wrote mm -hmm. this down, she said, quote, I find it very disappointing that those in the opposition, without frankly all the facts, are criticizing something about which they have no information, unquote. And then she says, one sentence later, that the Bechtel contract has been that Bechtel has been fully transparent. Now, those two things can't be true at the same time. She says that Vomero is criticizing the deal yeah. uh, uh, and that they have no information and they don't have the facts and that Bechtel has been fully transparent. Those are two completely opposite things. If Bechtel's yeah. been fully transparent, then they do have all the facts. Uh, the, the thing for her is that she, they're criticizing it because the way it was done is wrong, the corruption that she keeps talking about and doing nothing about is rampant. Uh, and, of course, again, as I said in the opening monologue, the U.S. State Department, the U.S. Embassy in Cali will never do anything to harm their preferred government, Dewey, and its junior mm. partner, Citasa. Uh So that, that's one. Um, number two, I did, I watched... Um, the Senate Foreign Relations uh, Committee mm -hmm. had a hearing the other week with um, uh, Gabriel Better Escobar. you than me. 
Yeah, I, I, it's a service I do for you and for our listeners. <laughs> Uh, Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, so it was uh, with uh, uh, Gabe Escobar and uh, Derek Chalet, uh, whose title I can't mm-hmm. remember, but he's a counselor. He's one of these people, that a diplomat that had nothing to do, so they gave him a title and sent him over to the Balkans. Um, mm-hmm. so, but, but U.S. Senator Chris Murray, for, he's a far-left Democrat from the state of Connecticut, mm-hmm. uh, is, he's talking to the witnesses, asking questions, and he says that Macedonia has to make these constitutional changes because, quote, they are necessary to preserve peace, unquote. Now, <clears throat> so what that means is that if Macedonia doesn't make these changes, another war is going to break out in Europe, I'm assuming, because I'm, I'm, it makes no sense why the constitutional changes have to be made to, quote, preserve the peace. I mean, th- this is it's scaremongering, it's sloppy, it's ignorant, uh, etc. And then one of the witnesses was either Escobar or Chalet, Chalette, whatever his name is, said mm-hmm. um, that Macedonia had to make these constitutional changes to recognize the rights of minority groups in the country and settle their differences <laughs> with Bulgaria. <laughs> so number one, it's, again, it's the same thing with Greece. It's, you know, Greece has a problem with, uh, Macedonia has a problem with Greece. No, Greece had a problem with Macedonia. Macedonia has a problem with Bulgaria. No, Bulgaria has a problem with Greece, with, with Macedonia. Um, and then Chalet, in answering Murphy later in another question, said that the changes uh, that Macedonia has to make in terms of the constitution in Bulgaria, the change, quote, the changes will unlock the next phase of the EU accession process, unquote. <laughs> the, next, mm. the next phase until something else is yeah. required. And as we saw from the Bulgarians who still don't have a government the other week, are talking about new, uh, um, it was the vice president, uh, Bulgaria, I yep. forgot her name, uh, was, was saying, hinting, yeah, hinting at uh, the one who looks like uh, Dr. Zayas from Planet of the Apes, um, <laughs> that uh, more changes, you know, other changes are going to have to meet, other requests are going to be made. And so, yeah, so it's, it's, this, it's this two-pronged front from the U.S. government and the Macedonian government um, to, number one, make these changes. And, and the timeline, I think, is what? This fall that... October, September, October, that changes theoretically the need to be made. Amendments are being written up and they will be submitted to Parliament in the summer. How about to the I don't people? know what. Uh, <laughs> Ask uh, for the people. They, they're not telling us. Uh, so they made up like a 20 member group, all SDSM loyalists, a lot of Albanians in the group, uh, to prepare the amendments, even though we have had. Uh, in, there is a blueprint to include a minority in the constitution. We have a bunch of minorities. That's why Bulgaria demands this. They say that that's the principle in Macedonia. That's how it works. And you have to do it for the Bulgarian nation as well. So uh, this would not require 20 people. It would require just the clerks of parliament to write it up. Maybe that you need to have some kind of like a historical justification for the request to include the Bulgarians as well as... Uh, Croats, Montenegrins, possibly Jews and others. Uh, but um, it, this always leaves open the possibility that Bulgaria will ask for something more. At this point, they haven't said that they want something extra uh, on top of the usual explanation for the minority in parliament. It says uh, there is uh, the citizens of the Republic of Macedonia, the Macedonian people, the parts of the Albanian, uh, Turkish, Serbian, uh, Roma peoples, blah, blah, blah. And you just add 
after the Roma or the Vlachs, you just add the Bulgarian people, the Croatian people, a, a part of the Croatian, the Bulgarian people. And then there is one other element within the body of the constitution where you have to mention them, but it's just, just uh, a word. It's not an extensive change. Um, I have heard Bulgarians, uh, Bulgarian politicians say, uh, the Bulgarian organizations in Macedonia ask to be included in this process. They say it only makes sense, since you're talking about this. Uh, the government is ignoring them at the moment. Bulgarian politicians have said that the changes need to be more extensive, but haven't pushed this issue and time is running out. Mm. Does this mean that, I don't know, they ask for the change of the, I don't know, a special mention of the Bulgarian nation where we discuss, I don't know, dealing with an uprising in the preamble or the history of Macedonia in the preamble to, to you know, accentuate that, uh, maybe they ask for, you know, mention the, Bulgarian Kingdom of Tsar Samuel, and some, uh, you know, in that, in such phrasing, uh, in, in to have a, a greater, a bigger grasp on the constitution. Then there is a possibility that on the Macedonian side, we ask that uh, some guarantees are put in the preamble, like um, to offset the inclusion of the Bulgarians. But this also hasn't been made uh, in detail. Uh, what this would be, in what way we would emphasize the, the role of the Macedonian nation in the constitution, uh, and would the Albanians even agree to this? And then there, there is, uh, I mean, they, they obviously rejected Mitskovsky's idea that Macedonia is named the nation state of the Macedonians and the, the others are named as minorities. Mm -hmm. And of course, the Albanians may ask that in the constitution, the, 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 there is full bilingual model that it says that the official languages are the Macedonian and the Albanian, not the Macedonian, and the language spoken by 20% of the population were applicable in municipalities. So the Albanians want the Albanian uh, language mentioned in the constitution. So um, it's possible that a lot more will be done in the constitution, in this round of constitutional amendments, I just don't see that there is enough time because this needs to be in Parliament in summer so that pressure can be put on Vimera to maybe see if they, they would vote on this by November when Albania is supposed to open accession talks. If we, if we remain blocked, then Albania begins accession talks on its own. Mm -hmm. But there is a huge escalation in relations with Bulgaria in a verbal escalation. So right. something is happening and it's happening on our part now. So we had um, our government, uh, our police stopped uh, Bulgarian member of European Parliament, Andrei Kovacha, from entering the country. He was going to go to a memorial of uh, Bulgarian soldiers. Practically, it's a, a famous uh, division that was made up mostly of Macedonian recruits and, of course, Bulgarian officers, some Bulgarian soldiers uh, near Strumica. So he wanted to cross the border together with a businessman who has been funding all these clubs in Macedonia that we are now demanding they change their names because uh, of the Nazi ties of the people they named them after. Uh, so um, we had, we stopped a member of the Bulgarian parliament from crossing the border, one of the nationalist party, Vatrajdinia, uh, during the Goza Delchov honoring incident mm -hmm. in February. But 
stopping a member of the European Parliament is a big deal. And especially Kovacev is not, he is very outspoken on Macedonia, but he's not seen as a nationalist in Brussels. He's actually very well regarded there. He's part of the conservative centrist movement. And, you know, they have been in charge of the commission. Uh, so a lot of people stood up for him. Uh, it's not like you're preventing Angel Jambaski from crossing right. the border. That would be no issue. Who, who, who literally was fined for giving the Nazi salute in the European yeah. Parliament. So. He was waving at somebody. Yeah, right. <laughs> he said. <laughs> so but this is a big deal. This is a big escalation. He, he managed to get serious people in Brussels uh, to protest. And he blamed, initially he blamed Oliver Spasovsky, the interior minister who is running for president. And he wants to build up like... Uh, tough on Bulgaria image uh, in the process. And then he blamed Pendarovsky, who is obviously also running for president <laughs> for the same party ticket. So that was an interesting moment. And then in Reykjavik in Iceland, uh, where Kovacevsky and Jotova went, uh, Jotova was, I think she made some pretty mundane comments. It wasn't, I mean, the usual position of Bulgaria and Macedonia. Yeah. Uh, change the constitution, you will not join the EU. And then Kovacevsky said this is as bad as what Russia says about Ukraine. Doesn't Obviously, it's not as bad as what Russia does to Ukraine, but he, he, he made this comparison, which, you know, some of from SDSM have been making since the start of the war, and uh, it's really outrageous. It's really, <laughs> really out there. I mean, you... Um, the Moldovans also say that, or Romanians say that Moldovans are Romanians. Germans obviously would say that Austrians are Germans mm -hmm. and so forth. So it's not like you have to go to the comparison that <laughs> this is just like Russia vis-a-vis -vis Ukraine. It's right. <laughs> really... Uh, so <laughs> I don't know what they're up to, but it's a huge escalation on one hand. On the other they're saying we need to, we have to accept these demands, we will implement them. Needs to, so they're going both hot and cold with Bulgaria. Our government is. is sit, sit, what's the phrase in, in Macedonia? Sitting on two chairs. So. Not uh, Vestolitsi, hmm. but we don't. Yeah, we use it actually. Yeah. yeah so. sit, sitting at Vestolitsi. Yeah. Well, it, it, which is kind of like, a, a kind of related to that. I, I noticed there was a tweet from the US Embassy said on Sunday, May 21, which happens to be today, uh, the U.S. Embassy's Security Office and North Macedonia's Ministry of Interior will be conducting joint security, mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada. And in the second paragraph, it says, this exercise is part of our regular security and safety trainings with the Macedonian Ministry of Interior. Mm. <clears throat> Again, sitting on two chairs, they, they say, yeah, in the yeah. first paragraph, they say North Macedonia's Ministry of Interior. In the second, they say the Macedonian mm. Ministry of Interior. Which is correct. It's the Macedonian Ministry of Interior. I mean, I've been beating my drums. No, about according it. to the to the treaty, it should be the North Macedonia. All government institutions should be North. So you're saying that the U.S. Macedonian? Embassy is violating the Prespa Treaty? Yeah, yeah, they said Macedonian. Yeah. <laughs> well, but then the other thing is, and I pointed this out to you the other day, but I'm going to bring it up here in this podcast for our listeners. On the U.S. Embassy website, in the upper uh, right corner where you have your, your your language options, it's got English and the word English. The next one is Makedonski Yazik, which is Macedonian language, correct? And the next one is Shkip, 
which is, I believe, just means Albanian. So why do you yeah. have to have the word language after mm. the adjective Macedonian? You don't have, you, the first one is an English language, and then Makedonski Yazik, and then Shkip language, whatever language is in Albanian. It's, the word language is inserted there just for mm. Macedonian. And it's, it's kind of like, people, make up your minds. Which way are you going? It's, it's, it's kind of like you just mentioned hot and cold. Um, you know, yeah. just, it's, it's something, is it the water that people are drinking over there that's mm. really confused people? I don't, I don't know. It's, I mean, something's gone wrong. Everybody's gone, gone mad. Uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, the embassy have decided that the language is the one thing they will and stand up for. And identity. Uh, no, not no. Macedonian identity. No, they don't. But they talk about. No, they, I've, well, okay, yeah. So no, they, they will say, okay, we support your identity, but right. in the sense that uh, um, uh, we allow that we 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 ask that you accept the Bulgarian demands that you redefine the meaning of the word Macedonian, so that yeah. it means uh, originally Bulgarian. Right. But then we, ju- we will give you the empty word. The right. word means nothing anymore. Like with the Greece treaty, uh, we accept that the, treat- that the word means uh, uh, ancient Greek and that we ha- Macedonians, to, uh, to the extent that we are Slavic, have no right to that word. But we'll let you use the word. Right. So we, we empty out the word of any meaning, but we will give it to you afterwards. So, uh, and then Zayef invented a, a new law, a, a new holiday, which celebrates the Macedonian language, but celebrates the uh, its uh, establishment as an official language. So, if you want to prove that you speak a very old language, possibly you know the oldest uh, of the, uh, the the oldest written Slavic language, mm-hmm. obviously, because Slavic literacy originated in Macedonia. Mm-hmm. Um, you would uh, go with a date a millennia ago, right? You will go with one of the, uh, I don't know, the translations of the Bible in uh, in Slavonic or something, and say this is when we celebrate the Macedonian language. But if you accept, if you celebrate a day in 1945 or something when the communist party, communist government declared that the Macedonian language is official, that's entirely in line with what the Bulgarians are saying, that you made up a language in 1945. Mm. And the embassy is jumping on this and say, oh, we celebrate your language on this great holiday, which you just invented three years ago. <laughs> and then all the diplomats annoyingly go on uh, Twitter. And this time they were saying some stupid proverbs in Macedonian. Uh, we responded with some uh, other proposal proposed proverbs like... Uh, the one where you don't raise your head against the Turk mm. or he will chop it down so that you have to mm. be silent and cowed and, uh, um, you know, that, that, that best exemplifies Macedonian, Macedonia's relationship with the U.S. or the U.S. treatment of Macedonia at the moment. So, um, yeah, this is the only thing they would support us on. Uh, everything else is... Uh, Albanians need to run the government. We will take your money for the infrastructure, your military, your all your all your weaponry goes to Ukraine. Foreign policy, Albanian dominated. We determine what it is. You accept everything we say, and uh, no no sovereignty to speak of. Maybe some a little bit of cultural autonomy in, uh, and even that is very limited, 
depending on which neighboring country raises an objection at the moment. Well, that, that and you will celebrate since today's May 21 and we're coming up on quote-unquote Pride Month, um, you will, no. yeah, <laughs> the part of your culture will now include celebrating, uh, whether you want to or not, uh, Pride Month and everything else. I saw, um, and then, and then I'm, I'm, let me mention this and then let's get back to that memorandum of understanding. Um, uh, mm -hmm. Ag, Ag, um, Aguilar's uh, tweet on May 17, which to me is Norwegian Constitution Day. I celebrate that. Um, but for mm -hmm. them, she said, commemorating hashtag Idahobbit. I literally had to look that up. I had no idea what Idahobbit is. I-D-A-H-O-B-I-T. <laughs> but obviously yeah, today yeah. with the LGBTQI plus and parliamentary caucus. And then I don't, this, this quote unquote pride flag is new to me because it's got the, the, the standard colors. <laughs> then it's got this, uh, did you not update your uh, price? Pri no, I don't know what this is. I I think part of this is trans, but then there's a yellow, a yellow circle at the on the far left. I don't know what this is anymore. It's just so <laughs> confusing because they keep adding to it. It's uh, although I think the Babylon Bee did a thing uh, that they updated it with a G on it to include groomers. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, but um, going back to the misinformation and disinformation and the. Lies, damn lies in the U.S. State Department. So uh, the prime minister signed with uh, James Rubin um, uh, mm. the Memorandum of Understanding uh, on fighting. Let's see. The memorandum says, quote, the memorandum which, quote, will enable closer cooperation in the increasingly vital effort to combat misinformation and disinformation protect democratic processes, and build resilient information ecosystems, unquote. Um, so yeah. what that means is that the State Department will now, even more so than it has already done, State Department and, and the Embassy on Calais will dictate to the Macedonian government uh, what is misinformation and disinformation, and of course hate speech, yeah. um, so-called hate speech, uh, which doesn't exist. Um, uh, there was a serious attempt by the government to introduce... Uh, very draconian hate speech laws after Zayev had this famous interview with uh, the, those Russian pranksters who <laughs> uh, pretended to be Poroshenko. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that stopped. That was... Uh, I don't know what, why they gave up on the idea. Mm. Uh, and uh, But, yeah, this is uh, the second attempt. Uh, they, they, they want to make any, any criticism of uh, uh, this process in Macedonia of undermining our sovereignty and national identity as Russian uh, dictated, that right. if you oppose any of this, you are for Russia. Right. So if you, the way, the way it works, so, so this is what the message from the U.S. Embassy and the U.S. State Department is. If you oppose the changes to the Constitution that Bulgaria is demanding, you stand in the way of Macedonia's European integration process. That makes you, uh, well, first of all, you're a hater, a bigot, and a peasant. Uh, but then you are also actively working against Macedonia's sovereignty. I mean, it's, it's the word Orwellian is overused, I know, but it, it is simply Orwellian. It is, you cannot, you, you can have your own opinion as long as you keep it to yourself and in that little thing on the, on the top of your body, your cranium. Uh, but did God help you if you voice it, Again, especially God help you if you're a member of the opposition uh, and, and you voice it, etc. So... That's the first step. The, the next one will be, of course, as I mentioned in my most recent column, um, you know, cracking down on quote-unquote so-called hate speech. So you, you won't be able to call mm. Dylan Mulvaney the, 
the guy who thinks he's a yeah. trans woman, who's the uh, influencer who's failing fabulously, <laughs> mm. <laughs> to, yeah. to use a word that he would use. Um, you can't call him a man, even though he's a man, he's a flamboyant gay man. Uh, but that'll be the next step in, mm. in Macedonia is, is uh, things of that nature. So, um, it, it, and, and since, of course, this, um, I would be curious, and let's, after off, off podcast here, let's see if we can track down this memorandum of understanding. Because if it's, if it's all about, you know, <clears throat> being open and transparent and all that crap, um, I shouldn't say that. That's not crap. Yeah, it is. It's crap. Yeah. Uh, then that memorandum of understanding should be available for everybody to see, correct? Yeah. yeah so have, but <laughs> I, I doubt you've seen it. I would it. imagine. I, I, doubt it's, I doubt it's going to be made available. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, here, yeah, here's the other thing. The, the MOU states, uh, let's see, um, that there will be, quote, cooperation between the two NATO allies in the fight against the manipulation of information, unquote. So uh, mm. there's going to be a fight. And so expect a fight. You've been warned. Um, this is what the U.S. government, together with its pawns in uh, the Macedonian government of Dewey and its junior partner, Sidiso, will be doing it. Fighting against uh, letting you uh, say what it is you think, especially if you're a member of uh, parliament from the opposition. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what... Uh, I mean, uh, there, 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 is, uh, there are bigger games around us and sure. we're going to be uh, it's actually in the in the past few weeks there there were several uh, clear indications of where things are going we had uh, um, i mean we had uh, a serbian politician come out with a statement which is you know mentioned often on this podcast uh, um, that um, the offer before them put before them is that they accept the uh, to give up on Kosovo and on their strategic alliance with Russia, security arrangements, energy arrangements, uh, access to agricultural markets, etc. And in exchange, they will get, here's the term, something of Macedonia, nešto malo, so a bit of Macedonia. He did not, so maybe he implied like a, a triple dip partition of Macedonia, Albanian, Bulgarian, Serb, or you know, the Albanians take their slice and then the rest goes to Serbia uh, if they're good boys. He didn't specify which parts exactly. Um, and then, of course, Montenegro, maybe sea access and uh, uh, half of Bosnia, which they consider their own. And they had these horrific incidents in Belgrade and uh, uh, near Belgrade. So when the, you know, a bunch of children were killed in a mm. school shooting an American-style shooting there. And then uh, and that, uh, the next day, a person with a gun, with a rifle, attacked uh, you know, his village, killed also a dozen people. Uh, and now there are huge protests, colored revolution-style, obviously, you know, supported by the uh, U.S. Embassy there. We, we, we've seen the blueprint. Uh, they're building up on these horrific killings. Um, so they're practically saying that if we accept the deal, we get a half of what we had in Yugoslavia, maybe. Um, but we have to be loyal soldiers to the U.S. And if we don't, obviously the alternative would be regime change, uh, maybe further loss of territory, unrest in the remaining Muslim parts in Serbia, in Vojvodina, maybe, etc. 
Uh, and then there is the Bulgarian politician Karakachanov, we kind of forgot about him, <laughs> uh, the former leading nationalist. Right. Now he has lost his position to uh, Kostadinov, uh, who also said that um, uh, one war he would go to, he would join, is if things started in Macedonia. Uh, and, you know, he said, we, they, they, they've had their brains washed, but they're still our compatriots, our brothers. So, mm. you know, indications on both sides that uh, Macedonia is up for grabs, it's, that it's on the menu of whatever is happening in the region and not at the, sitting at the table as a NATO member and making decisions about its own future, but that bigger players are... Uh, include uh, the Albanians, the Serbs, maybe the Bulgarians, and that we are uh, here to serve as, uh, as an item for, for exchange between them. Mm. And, and, you know, even these, uh, the, the movements of the U.S. Embassy here, the demands made by Washington, uh, are all, all should be seen in this light. I don't, mm. I don't see any other purpose to all these uh, movements. I, 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 yeah, I'm, I still, I still don't think that that Macedonia is going to be physically split. Um, I, I, Doesn't have to be. Yeah. This would be like influence, yeah. cultural, economical. You would know which bank, which phone operator, which uh, uh, you know, intelligence chief is in charge of your. I mean, it's very difficult to partition Skopje yeah. in this regard, but uh, we would know which part of the country we live in, if, it, if and when this happens. Oh, it's very, that's very Chaikom, you know, uh, Chinese communist, when I say that, in, in yeah. that it, 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 the all-knowing um, elite or state or whatever you want to call it that, uh, you know, has that much control, mm. um, which I, I, I shouldn't be too surprised because the tactics used by the Chinese Communist Party and the tactics, tactics used by, oh, I don't know, let's just call them the... the uh, but by Davos man, wherever, whether it's the State Department or the European Union or whoever, are all very similar, I think, at the end of the day. Yeah. So, um, by the way, I, so I just, I, I had on here in the notes uh, uh, our old friend Nikola Dimitrov, um, who has a, oh, yeah. a new p political party called, <laughs> called <laughs> Solutions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just causing problems to your solution. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, because he solved the problem very well. And yeah, uh, he, it's that's his well. It's, I'm surprised he didn't call it the final solution. Oh, <laughs> um, I just noticed that he was at the uh, he was in Tallinn, Estonia, at the Linnart Mary conference, mm. uh, talking uh -huh. to some blather. He's he's actually I'm surprised he, he he manages to reinvent himself and stay relevant. Not in Macedonia, of course. He's a he's persona non grata in Macedonia, yeah. but. He, he 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 still jet sets around all the the think tank conferences and things like that. I'm not sure who's paying for all that, but uh, or maybe he stole enough money. Well, he's pre he's precisely no no. It's uh, an international project. He had Philip Ricker endorse him very early in the That's project, true. and uh, this indicates you know again in line of what we were discussing, he was uh, the principal supporter of the theory that if one EU member state has objections, and these include Macedonian national identity, we have to accept everything they say. This was with Greece, with regard to Greece, because we are weaker, they are stronger, they will block us forever, time is not on our side, blah, blah, blah. Okay. 
Uh, and now that uh, Bulgaria came up with, you know, similar type of demands, historical national identity requests backed up by, the, by their EU membership, he says, absolutely no, this is outrageous, how dare you? Uh, and uh, this indicates very strongly that this is the uh, option, uh, it's possibly even option A before the country, that we are part of this Albanian-Serbian delineation in the Open Balkan project. By the way, Alexander Soros is again in the region today. He comes here every other week. He's a principal supporter of this idea that the non-EU member countries, Bosnia, Macedonia, Montenegro, Kosovo, Serbia, Albania, are lumped together in a, in a economic zone. But uh, recently, even Escobar had to loudly deny that this is also meant as a political project. And if he had to deny it, it it is it means that it's probably a lot of it is true so that macedonia is joined in this group and then within it uh, we will know who belongs where which city which neighborhood belongs to which side and then the other option is that we uh, begin formal eu accession talks there is no need then to lump us with the open balkan uh, with Kosovo, Bosnia, who would be lagging behind. Then we, Albania, Serbia, Montenegro, advance to the EU. But for us, specifically, the request will be to adopt the Bulgarian national identity in Macedonia. And uh, uh, then this soft partition of the country be, will be between Albanians and Bulgarians. Mm. These are the two options. And, and Dimitrov has, was initially supportive uh, theoretically supportive of the one that we have to join the EU and accept everything anybody requests from us uh, for membership. And now he supports that we need to tell, need to stand aside from the EU, that we need to find our own way, our own path, and that leads us directly to Serbia and Bulgaria uh, and Albania. Mm. Yeah, well, he's... he's... Enrique works for the Albanians now, so what? he would uh, probably prefer... Uh, Ricker yeah. works for the Albanian, true Madeleine Albright. Wait, wait, what's, what's his so, actual uh, med- job and title now? And I know we, 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 talked, uh, we talked last time about doing a special podcast uh, of former U.S. officials and where they are and how they're profiting off of all this. Mm. But where is he again? Oh, uh, Something in the Albright uh, Institute. Ah, okay. All right. So. The Albright, Madeleine Albright group. Right. Ah. Which is a business and, a uh, and a lobbying group. Business, think tank, lobby. They have investments. Yeah, they, they all, all these groups become, and I, actually I've been meaning to write an article on this. I mean, how, take, just take for one, one example um, that just immediately comes to mind. Well, actually, uh, look at Jamie Rubin. So Jamie Rubin is with oh. the State Department now. At one point he was with NATO. For a long time he was married to Christiane Amanpour, the, chief, the CNN oh. chief um, correspondent. Uh, John Kirby is another one. He's back at the White House now. Before that, he was at the State mm. Department. He was also in the U.S. military. He's a CNN analyst, or he was a CNN analyst, uh, you know, when Trump yeah. was in power, uh, or I should say in office. Um, so these, these, these people just go back and forth, yeah. back and <laughs> forth between politics, um, the State yeah. Department, uh, think tanks, um, private sector, uh, you know, good, we can look at where John Brennan. You can call it private. Yeah, exactly. Sector. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it's 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 one giant incestuous pot of filth uh, that they all oh. just keep going back to and and then dictating to you know s- smaller countries and and people and things like that. So, but yeah. you know, 
I've said this before, and I'll, I'll say it again. You know, you, you can stand up to him. Um, it, it takes a little Ooh. bit of creativity and hard work, but I think you can do it. So, you know, at some point soon, George Soros is going to be dead, uh, and hopefully that'll destroy the equilibrium of his son Alexander, uh, and, and throw him off kilter. Um, you know, but uh, and and Dimitrov isn't his party. Whatever that is, isn't going anywhere, obviously. So, um, but um, but actually, since you let's let's see how we're doing about forty-five minutes so far. Let's let's finish up with um, Dewey because I see they were in the news recently. Um, uh-huh. So they're they're trying. There's a split in Dewey, which is the ruling party, um, and they're trying to get rid of five of their deputies, I believe. Uh, who, of course, are now complaining about the process and saying it's not democratic. Well, duh, it's Dewey. Um, So, and I'm looking for a quote here from Ali Ahmed. Yeah, they said it's uh, Ahmed. Yeah, uh, where is it? Oh, yes. His quote was... Our statute does not allow factions. Every action outside of the statute leads to anarchy. The most democratic option is for the minority to join the majority in its opinion. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah. this is exactly what the U.S. and the State Department and the and the embassy and the EU apparatus are saying. There, there's you could you could attribute this quote to Gabriel Escobar. You know, we don't allow factions. Every action outside this uh, leads to anarchy. The most democratic option is for you, Macedonia, to do what we yeah. say uh, and 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 join our opinion. So it's just kind of. Well, of course, it's not democratic. It's a it's a party. It's a party born out of of war and violence and kidnapping and trafficking and guns and drugs and women, especially and underage girls. I mean, that's what the Dewey Party is all about. They literally have no ideology. Yeah, they yeah. tried to adopt a green ideology because Kali told them to do that, and it, yeah, yeah. it was the in thing to do, uh, and that didn't go anywhere. Well. No, I think they, they tried to adopt it because they were going to make money off of it, um, you know, with the, the wind yeah, farms yeah, yeah. and solar and all that other stuff. First it was cannabis, then it's green. Who knows what's going to be next? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. yeah, go ahead. They they handled their division uh, in the way that they uh, brought on uh, another Albanian party. They, they literally bought the largest Albanian opposition party, the Alliance of Albanians, by giving... Uh, a house to, to its leader and a house to uh, the deputy leader of the party, not the deputy, one, one of the other leaders. Um, they first asked the leader of the Alliance of Albanians to uh, sabotage uh, elections in uh, of his own party, to weaken it, in, in a sense, which he did. Uh, this removed the previous leader, Ziedin Sela, and the new leader quickly made a deal with uh, with Dewey uh, through a businessman who is funded by uh, by the government, uh, a businessman who receives a lot of oil contracts. A Dewey guy practically bought two houses and gave them to officials of this party. So, we you know, open, overt corruption. Uh, but this um, this protected the government from uh, yet another loss of uh, support in parliament. And... Uh, Includes even more Albanians into the coalition and uh, makes it makes the num- the share of Macedonians in the co- in the government uh, in the executive even smaller. Practically, the Macedonians are 
even with the Albanians in the government at the moment. And after Syria, and uh, uh, we were going to be a minority in the government, the Albanians were going to be majority, but we made changes in a way that SDSM took weaker ministries, uh, gave stronger ministries to do it, but nominal, at least on paper, the number is equal of Macedonians and Albanians. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they are the effectively the ruling party. And even this faction that appeared in their parties, I believe, out of strength, because they see that uh, of, officials of the party see that you can get incredible return from uh, uh, SDSM. Whatever you ask for, they will give you. Like public institutions, you can hire your your brethren to no end uh, without qualifications. We had, we recently had uh, the newly appointed director of the Metrology Bureau, which I don't, I hadn't heard of it. I only heard about a few months ago because they made some deal that favored Artan Grubi, the uh, deputy prime minister, his brother's business. Otherwise, I wouldn't know that we have a bureau which is in charge of measurements. Uh, specifically, in this case, it was measuring uh, uh, whether pump, uh, gas station pumps work properly. Do they pump enough gas? Oh, right. <laughs> All right. So, so this institution, and they have a new director of the bureau, and he comes out and says, well, listen, haha, I thought when I was appointed, I thought I'm being appointed as head of the weather bureau because me Metrologia is the name of right. the bureau he runs. And meteorologia is uh, the weather bureau, so it's it's one one letter, and he's literally yeah. Well, I'm here like I thought I thought I'm going to run the weather bureau, but then they tell me it's a completely different thing. I said fine, sure I can run this as well, no problem. I mean this is the the state of yeah. the level of Dewey capture of the state. There is no you can't even pretend that they're trying to get the best and the brightest. <laughs> He, he has no no so. competence in either subject, so it doesn't matter. So either one will work. Yeah. So they're openly yeah. mocking us, openly wow. pissing on us. Wow. Well, and this is how they they run the country. So they're they're so strong that government that the local chiefs of the party want to try their own thing. This is how they create they 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 got a yeah. faction. This is my belief yeah. that the faction was born out of strength, not mm. out of weakness. Mm. They're so strong. Everybody thinks they should be minister, deputy prime minister. Well, it's yeah. It's at some point though, it it, <laughs> it collapses. I mean, given the given the amount of crime and mafia style killing within the ethnic Albanian community, not just in Macedonia yeah. but in the region, that's always been there. Uh, kind of ebbs and flows, but I think in mm. Macedonia it's kind of on the ascendancy. And it and I think I tweeted out the other mm. week. It, it would not surprise me to 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 see some high level Dewey. Dudes, you know, shot in a mafia-style killing um, because when you've got this amount of wealth and power up for grabs, and mm. and more people want it, and there's competition for it, and some are some people are losers, um, then that's how that's how those things happen. I mean, the the reason Ali Ahmeti is is started a war in Macedonia is because he was one of the losers in Kosovo. He didn't get any of the spoils yeah. that he thought he deserved from the 1999 Kosovo War. So he said, yeah. well, huh, I'm just going to, I see what we did there, and it worked. And uh, the U.S. Air Force was our Air mm. Force. Uh, so we're going to start a war in Macedonia, and then I'm going to get the spoils. And that's what he's been doing for 22 years. Um, yeah. I already I already started working on a column for the, the 
anniversary anniversary the the mm. solemn the the uh, the tragedy that was the Oakwood Framework Agreement um, and it's, it's called mm. the men of violence are still there uh, and they are they mm. are they they haven't they haven't they've never yeah. been judged they've never been punished one day they will but he, he just paid uh, 1.3 billion of our own money yeah. from the the public money to the U.S. government for for a highway that may be built, may never be built. Uh, I mean, he just committed, uh, he negotiated this deal, and he's untouchable now. I mean, the, he has, he's going to have the total support of the U.S. administration here. I mean, all all the diplomats now are going to become filthy rich. Uh, the clerks in the embassy are going to going to get a cut. It's going to yeah. be crazy. They're going to make millions. Yes, but. Everybody's but, walking away but with Sveten, millions. As, as, as oh, my ambassador so eloquently said in that interview with Mia the other day, and of course I transcribed this, she said, everyone will be happy to have a Bechtel highway. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> why? Painted with gold at why, this price. As, as Snowball says, of course Comrade Napoleon wants you to make your own decisions. But what if you make yeah, the wrong yeah, decisions? Yeah, yeah. Then where would we be? Stupid. Essence. Yeah, the EU ambassador was literally telling us that we don't want to influence your decision making. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, even I don't even uh, imagine mentioning it. It, it, it was at a recent event. He was literally like, I don't even want to mention this. You know, this is your decision. You decide. Like, and then uh, the German uh, official comes and says, Oh, your country is gonna collapse unless you vote for yeah. this. Yeah, Senator Murphy <laughs> says it's necessary for peace. Well, a pox no. on all of their houses and their families. Mm. A pox. And they're going to buy a lot of Well, and a pox on all them. of the houses that they buy. <laughs> mm. yeah. Oh, dear. We're going we're gonna to end on a crushing morosity note here. Um, we have to figure out. Yeah. Um, let's see. Something, something, some good news to end on. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Hmm. I'll tell you what. A preview since well, this will drop, I don't know, this will probably drop tomorrow. Um, this, today is the 21st on Thursday the 25th. I'm, I celebrate 27 years with Macedonia. And, you know, mm. and let me just, let me just end on mm -hmm. a high note. Macedonia has, has been a blessing to my life, believe it or not. And, and when I say Macedonia, I mean the country, but most, most importantly, the people. And I am grateful for my Macedonian friends and family. I am grateful for Macedonia. I just Facebook reminded me, as it does, <laughs> of a post I put up seven mm -hmm. years ago from the National Geographic magazine that had a picture of Svetiovan Kaneo on the cover. And it said in the title mm -hmm. of, I can't remember exactly the title of the, on the, on the cover of the magazine was, 100 places that will change your life. You know? And that was Macedonia there. And I still believe that. I still hold firm to that. Macedonia has changed my life for the better, and and <laughs> I was going to add not necessarily for the better, but... for the better, <laughs> and you you know it's despite all of this crap that we've just talked about and everything else, all the trouble in the world, you know it's it's about attitude, and um, you you can choose to have a you can choose to be grateful or you can choose to be ungrateful. I choose to be grateful, um, despite all this. Yeah. So um, anyway, yeah, right? A... Okay. That's, That's good. a way to go through life. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, hey, let's not sure. uh, let's not do this every 
six weeks. Let's do this a little more often. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we really had uh, the stuff it, pile indeed, on. Indeed. Here. So. All right. Great catching up with you, and um, hopefully we'll talk in yeah. two weeks or less. Take sure care. thing. Take care, buddy. Bye.